I want to um, ask you a question or really just share uh, a thought that I had, and it's this. Sometimes life can be difficult, can't it? I mean, sometimes we're just going through stuff. It's hard. It's difficult. Life can hurt. Life can be dark. I know in my life, I've had those times and those seasons when my future felt anything but bright. It was full of uncertainty. There are times I've had uh, relational problems where, I mean, I had a, a season in my life, I didn't talk to my own father for nearly 18 months. It was terrible. Um, and thank God for his healing and his grace, and we have a great relationship now. But uh, I've had times where I've been unemployed. I've had times where uh, I, I was in jobs that I didn't like, when I've had relational tension uh, in my marriage and with my kids. And just uh, all the stuff, finances, all the things that are difficult in life. And I don't know if any of you can relate to that, but I imagine most of us can, that we've gone through some dark, difficult times in life. And one of the things I found is in those dark, difficult times of life, sometimes you're in the midst of those, and this day on the calendar happens to roll around, December the 25th, what we uh, call Christmas. We celebrate Christmas. And Christmas is supposed to bring hope and joy and peace and love and happiness. And when you're going through those dark times and Christmas rolls around, sometimes you feel this, like, I don't have the love, joy, hope, peace, happiness that I'm supposed to have that everyone around me seems to have. And I'm just walking through this blah, despair, feeling of, of, of almost hopelessness. I've had times when Christmas has rolled around, I've been unemployed and homeless, living in someone's basement, wondering how I'm going to pay my bills. And all of a sudden, people say, it's the most wonderful time of the year. And you're going, eesh. Um, I don't know if it is. I think that's why some people say it's not the most wonderful time of the year. It's the most wonderful time to drink beer um, because they're trying to drown their sorrows and their grief and their turmoil. And life can be dark, can it? Who can relate? And so when we talk about Christmas, sometimes it's like, yeah, but... When we started this series, we talked about this. We talked about the fact that this world is a dark place. It was dark before Jesus was born. It was dark when Jesus was born, and in many ways, it's still dark today. We, we go through these dark times and these dark seasons because the world is a dark place, and the reason the world is a dark place is because of this thing called sin, because of our sinful choices. It's why we have violence and hate and racial tension and, and, uh, and uh, anger and, and greed and malice and people lie and steal and cheat is because of our sin and sin not only causes all those issues within our lives it also has caused the breakdown of the created order the reason we have earthquakes and natural disasters is the result of our sin the whole world was turned upside down because of sin and so we live in a dark world but as we learned in the very first week of this series although the world is a dark place you do not need to walk in darkness God didn't throw up his hands and say, good luck. He said, I love you so much. I care about you so much. Even though you're sinful humanity who's hurting and hurting each other and walking in this darkness, I'm not going to leave you alone. I am going to shine a light so that you don't have to walk in darkness. This is what Jesus said. He said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. That doesn't mean you won't walk in a dark world. That means you don't have to walk without a light to lead you, guide you, and help direct your steps to find purpose and meaning and peace and comfort in the midst of the darkness. But then Jesus also said this. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. 
Let your light shine before others that they may see your good works, your good deeds, your good actions. They could see the way you live in the reality of living in my light, and it is transformative in nature. And as a result, they will see your good works, and they will glorify your Father in heaven. So as we learned last week, when Jesus was born, God's light began to shine on us. We don't have to walk in the darkness. We're not alone. When the church was born, God's light began to shine through us. As God's light shines on us, it's meant to then shine through us into the lives of others. Because light, God's light, is here to drive out the darkness. So God said, I'm going to send a light. And we've been looking at the prophet Isaiah and what he said. Now, Isaiah wrote some 700 years uh, or so before the birth of Jesus. And he's talking about people in darkness and the light shining on them. And then he explains what that light is. Here it says in Isaiah 9, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. And those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Yes, the world is dark, but I've not left you alone. And here's that light that's going to shine, that's going to dawn, that's going to break forth. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And of the greatness of his government, his kingdom, his reign, his rule, he will Establish that, and it will never end. There will be no end to his peace, to his government, to his kingdom. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your, uh, your hope, the hope that we have in Jesus, in this dark world, in a world that can bring troubles and sorrows and difficulties. God, thank you that you haven't left us alone. And so I'm praying now that you would illumine our eyes to see, open our ears to hear, and give us spirits to receive the truth of your word this morning. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So God makes this promise through the prophet Isaiah. There's going to come a time when I'm going to do something that I've never, ever, 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 ever done before, something you've never seen. See, God had done supernatural things before. People had seen great works, but God says, I'm going to shine a light, but this isn't a physical light. This isn't a tangible light. See, in the past, he had led the people of Israel by a pillar of fire at night. They had seen that light. At some point, he met with the people of Israel at Mount Sinai, and his glory comes down, and it's light, and there's flashes of lightning, and there's fire, and there's smoke. They could see that light. When they built Solomon's temple and had it dedicated, the, the, the glory of God filled the temple. They could see that light. He says, I'm going to shine a light, but this isn't a light you can see. This isn't a physical, tangible light. This is a spiritual light. I am going to shine inside of you. I am going to begin to reveal to you something that you never understood before. Because as this light shines, it will begin to deal with the darkness of sin. And as I deal with the darkness of sin, I will be able to relate to you, and you will be able to relate to me as never before. So what do we see? Things like wonderful counselor, everlasting father, prince of peace. He's saying, I want this light to do something in your life that changes how you view me. See, up to now, people looked at God as way up there and people way down here, and we couldn't relate to each other. But God, when his light shines, it's meant to help us to relate to him as never before, to see him as wonderful, to relate to him as father, to see him as our prince of peace. 
to relate to him as one who cares for us, who leads us, who guides us. So God says, I'm going to shine this light, and it's going to be like something you've never seen before. But this light that's going to shine, this person that's going to come, this child isn't coming as some mythic warrior who comes out of the mountains with a sword ready to lob off the, uh, the, the head of the, the Roman Empire. No, this light is going to come like every other person has ever come. This child is going to be born. And so 700 years after Isaiah wrote these words, this is what we see in the Gospel of Luke. The angel said, now, so there was these shepherds there watching their sheep, and, and this angel shows up, and they're terrified because the angels are scary. And, um, you know, everybody says angels just got, you know, puffy wings, and they're on clouds with a harp. That's not an angel. Angels are warriors. And, uh, and so this angel showed up, and they're terrified. And so this is what the angel says. Don't be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be for all people. For there is born to you. This is a fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy. There will be a child born to you. There is now a child born to you this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This is something that people couldn't comprehend. They thought when God finally sends that light, it's going to be utterly magnificent how we would consider it. You know, it's, it's going to be a light, a chariot with with just flames shooting out the side with, I mean, it's just going to be like, oh, everybody knows the deliverer has showed up. The redeemer is here. The savior of mankind has showed up. But this is not that. And why did God show up this way? Because as I said, up till now, people couldn't relate to God. They saw God as way up here and we're down there and God doesn't understand us and we can't understand God. God's always understood us. You have, we have to realize God created us in his image. He formed our frame. He knows our frailties. He knows our weaknesses. He knows everything about us. He gets us. Right? There's a whole campaign, Jesus gets us. God gets us. He's always gotten us. It didn't take the incarnation, God in the flesh, Emmanuel, God with us, for God to understand us. The reason God came in the flesh is because he wanted us to understand something. God came as a child because uh, so that you and I would understand that he understands you. He wanted you to know, I, I, I understand the human condition. I understand hurts, confusion, despair, loneliness, isolation. I understand that, and I'm coming as a child born like this so that I can lead you through those things. I'm going to be a savior. I'm going to be a shepherd. I'm going to be a guide. So that you realize in this world there will be darkness, there will be trouble, there will be difficulties, but I will lead you through all of those things. I've not left you alone. So when you're hurting, when you're going through the stuff in life, when Christmas doesn't feel anything like joy and peace and hope, then remember, Jesus came as a baby. God understands you. And you need to understand that God understands you. God isn't saying, good luck. God's saying, let me come as this child. Now, what's amazing about that isn't just that a child is born. It says a son is given. So this child, this light, this person that's going to come is God's own son, born like everyone else is born, wrapped in swaddling clothes, laid in a manger in a feeding trough. I mean, here he is, the God of all creation, 
He's laid in, in, in a stone bed. Why? Because God says, I am sending my son. This isn't just a philosophy. This isn't just a nifty idea. This isn't just positive thoughts. This is my own son. I am emptying myself, the scriptures say. I am going to step down out of glory, and I am going to take on the form of sinful humanity because I want you to understand that I understand you, but I also want you to understand that I'm giving you my son. A child is born, a son is given. I'm giving you my son to drive out the spiritual darkness, and that is so important, and we're going to talk a little bit more about this on next Sunday. But here's the fact that God came to drive out the spiritual darkness, to set us free from the power of of sin. The spiritual darkness, all those things that trip us up. God says, I want to set you free from all of that. Why do you keep hurting yourselves and hurting each other? I want to set you free from all of that, if you'll let me. But it's not going to remove all the darkness of this world, because not everyone's going to receive my light and my love and my hope, and so this world is still going to be dark, and there's still going to be difficulties, but he's my son. I'm giving you my son as a savior, and because he's a savior, he's going to lead you through the darkness. You're going to go through difficulties, but because he's my son, you can have hope in the difficulties that he will overcome the world, and so when life throws you a curveball, and it's dark, and it's not what you expected, and it hurts, you can hold on to this hope that Jesus came as God's son to drive out the spiritual darkness, to walk you through the difficult times as a Savior. So there's someone in our church, uh, been, been a, a member here for a number of years, and a couple years ago, he went through a really hard time. So I'm going to invite John Drzowski up, and he's just going to share a bit of this and, and his story. And as he makes his way up, I just want to encourage you. I hope you can relate in some way to what he's gone through. And, and I hope that it brings you a sense of, uh, understanding that no matter how dark life gets, God will never leave you alone. So John, um, I invited him up because he, he's, you're welcome. Uh, he's familiar with darkness. He went through something a couple years ago, and, and so you want to just share briefly? Good morning, Pamela. Many of you are getting ready to celebrate Christmas. Today, I'm celebrating a Thanksgiving. Exactly two years ago today, I was involved in a terrible car accident. I almost lost my life. I almost lost one of my legs. Suffered a lot of broken bones, internal injuries. I spent six weeks in Christiana Hospital, two of which were in ICU, including Christmas Day of 19, or 2020. After I got out of there, I spent eight months in a rehab home, learning how to walk again, dress myself again, try to feed myself, because on top of all my other injuries, my essential tremors got even worse, and now they're unmanageable. And it was a rough time. So, so 2020, it, was, it wasn't, I mean, you had the accident, and that was horrific. But even before that, you'd, I mean, the whole world was dealing with COVID, but you were dealing with COVID. Yes. It, was, it was a 
Two year, 2020 was a year for you. It was terrible. I, I caught COVID at the end of November of 20. So December 1st through 15th, I was in quarantine. I went back to work the first day on the 17th, had my accident on the 18th. So you're, so. you're in this horrific accident. You are, by God's grace, you survive. And now and you're going through all this, this rehab. And of course, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Right. So he's not getting lines of people to come visit him because they won't let anybody in. We were able to get some folks from the church up there, but it was very limited. So uh, that's a dark time. How, what was happening in, in your thoughts and your spirit during that? I was going through emotional darkness and spiritual darkness. I was on so many painkillers and muscle relaxers and antidepressants at one time. It was so bad in ICU that I was having nightmares that the hospital staff was out to kill me, and they had to take me off one of my pain meds. Mm. And it took a few weeks for me to realize that I was still alive. And part of the reason was a good medical team, but the real reason was God wasn't done with me yet. Mm. So you're, you're going through this, and, and, and as we've talked different times, you're mad at God, you're wondering why you're even alive. What, what was the greatest thing that helped you change, that, that made that switch for you from just saying, take me, God, to you saved my life? I, I think it's because I realized having a couple of people here that were able to come up and visit me and phone calls, I realized that the power of prayer really does work. If you don't believe it, ask me. God shined his light on me mm. and made me realize that no matter what you're going through, he can bring you through it. You, you may suffer, you may hurt, but you're still here. And I thank God every day for that. So two years ago, this day, yes. you're in the darkest place. Now you're doing so much better. What would you say the, the greatest thing that you could share uh, as a result of that would be? God can do anything. If you pray and you ask, people often wonder, does God answer prayer? Yes, he does. He may not answer it right away. He may not give you the answer that you thought you were going to get. Sometimes he gives you even more than you thought you would get. Mm. And I'm so thankful that I'm able to stand up in front of you and celebrate Christmas this year. I didn't have one in 20, and last year was terrible, but this year I'm celebrating three Christmases all go. together, and <laughs> I couldn't be happier. <laughs> Well, John, we love you, and we are so thankful that God uh, not only saved you spiritually, but saved your life, because he's got a great plan, and he wants to use your story, and you're using it here today, so thank you so much. Amen. Amen. Thank God you. bless you. Love you, man. Good job.
Would you thank him as he makes his way off stage one more time? And um, sometimes we go through stuff. When God sent his son, said this child that's going to be born, this son that's going to be given, he's not just going to be a great philosopher. He's going to be God in the flesh. And the reason he's God in the flesh is because he wants us, as I said, he wants us to understand that he understands us. He didn't send someone to um, simply tell us, this is how you can fix things that are broken with God. He came to send a savior. He didn't send a list of rules to follow. He sent a person to follow. He didn't say, these are the sacrifices you need to make in order to earn God's good favor. He said, someone's going to make the sacrifice for you. He didn't say, you have to figure out how to make everything better. He said, I'm going to send a shepherd, a savior, a leader, a guide who's going to walk through everything with you. God didn't turn his back on sinful humanity and say, I'm done. He said, I'm going to do everything I can Everything possible to let you know how much I love you, how much I care about you, that you never have to walk through life alone. See, Jesus didn't come to tell you how to fix things with God. He came to do it for you. That's the joy of Christmas. Life is hard. Life is difficult. God's not saying, well, just do things better and life will be better. He's saying life sometimes is hard and life is sometimes difficult and you can do everything right. And life can still be hard and life can still be difficult. What John didn't tell you is the accident wasn't his fault. He's not the one who crossed the yellow line and got hit head on. He's, he's doing everything right. He's driving in his lane, going to work. We can do everything right and darkness and hurt and pain and despair and the unexpected can still hit us. And God says, this isn't, I didn't send Jesus to say, if you do everything better, you'll have a better result. He's saying, sometimes life hurts. Sometimes life is difficult. Sometimes darkness comes. But if you'll walk with me in relationship with me, relate with me as you never have before because my light's shining in your life, transforming you, shining in your spirit, shining in your heart, shining in your mind, shining in your soul, you can walk through everything because I won't leave you alone. That's the hope of Christmas, that God came in the flesh, which means he understands fully and completely the human condition. What does that mean? It means Jesus knows the joy of friendships and the pain of betrayal. Jesus laughed with his family, had meals around the table, and then had them say he's out of his mind and he's insane. Jesus knows what it means to be in poverty. He was born into poverty, and when he died, he was so poor that he couldn't even afford a grave. They had to borrow one from somebody. Jesus knows what it's like to be hungry and thirsty and to depend on God to satisfy his soul. But he also knows the joy of laughter. He knows the joy of celebrating. He knows the joy of walking in purpose, to walking and bringing peace. He knows what it's like to be light in a dark world. So Jesus came because he said, I want you to understand that I understand you. But there's a second part of why Jesus came. And this is so very important because we can miss this. And here it is. Jesus came so you could have hope in his eternal kingdom. All right? We're, we're going we're gonna to look back at the, the 
the words from Isaiah in just a little bit. But he says, of his kingdom, there'll be no end. Of his government, of his reign, of his peace, there'll be no end. What that tells us is that, yes, in this world, there will be darkness. But there is a kingdom yet to come, and that is meant to give us so much hope. Because this world is a dark place, but this world isn't the end. See, if this was the end, then, you know, shoot your best shot. Make the most of it. And what's the song by Green Day? I hope you had the time of your life. This is it. That's not what this is. Jesus came and he's this light in the darkness, but he doesn't, the darkness is still here. And we're still dealing with darkness. But think about the hope that this has, right? And here it is. That if this life isn't the end and you're a follower of Jesus and you never need to walk in the dark, what that means is no matter how difficult life here on earth is and there's times it's going to be difficult no matter how hard it is no matter how much pain you suffer no matter the the hardships you have to endure what it's telling us is this is the worst you're ever going to have this is the close if you're a follower of jesus life on earth is the closest to hell you're ever going to experience everything else is going to be perfect The flip side is, if you're not a follower of Jesus, if you say, this life is all I have and I'm going to squeeze everything I can out of it, this is the best you're ever going to get. This is the closest to heaven you're ever going to find. So when it talks about eternal separation from God in the scriptures, it's often referred to as outer darkness. There is a darkness in our separation from God. But think about the hope that brings to those who in this life are suffering. Those who are going through things Mental anguish, emotional turmoil, uh, born with severe uh, uh, defects, who have developmental issues, who have emotional and psychological problems. If they're a follower of Christ, yes, it's hard, and yes, it's difficult, and yes, it's painful. But this is the worst you're ever going to have. There is something far, far better. That's why Jesus said, oh, you are so blessed. You're so fortunate if you're persecuted, if you're poor, if you're outcast, if you're maligned, if you're misused, because you will inherit something so much better, a lasting kingdom, an eternal kingdom. So he says, yeah, I know sometimes it's tough, but we don't live for now. We live now, but we live and keep our focus on the eternal. See, God kept his promise that he made to Isaiah. One day, this child is going to be born. One day, this son is going to be given. And that child was born and that son was given in the person of Jesus Christ. But God made another promise. He said, one day, Jesus is coming back. And if he kept his promise of sending Jesus the first time, he's going to keep his promise of sending him a second time. But when Jesus comes back, he's not coming as a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes. No, no, no. When he comes back, he's coming back as king. See, he was born as a baby. He came as a child. The child was born, but a king is coming. And when Jesus comes back, it's not to simply shine a light in the darkness to help us find our way through the darkness. When Jesus comes back, it's to annihilate the darkness. It's to obliterate it. It's to wipe it out completely. There will be no more darkness, no more pain, no more suffering, no more tears, no more death, no more turmoil, no more relational struggles. It will all be gone. That's the hope that we have. Here's what Isaiah wrote. I love this translation, the voice. Violence, destruction, ruin, pain, suffering, turmoil, rejection, loneliness, isolation. They'll all be things of the past. 
You won't need the sun to brighten the day or the moon and lamps to give you light. Why? Because the eternal one will be all the light you ever need. Never again will you suffer the dark night of despair or the gloom of mourning. Who's ever been in the dark night of despair? Jesus is going to annihilate that. There'll be no more mourning. There'll be no more tears. There'll be no more death. The old things will pass away. All things will be made new. Here's how it says it in the book of Revelation. Darkness, darkness, darkness will never again fall on this city. They will not require the light of a lamp or the sun because the Lord, their God, will be their light. What does that tell us? It tells us that Jesus came and he came to shine a light in the darkness to lead us through the darkness of this world. But when he comes back, there will be an unending light. You can trust God for light in this life and for his unending light in the life to come. That is the hope that we have. That is what Christmas is all about. He didn't leave us in the dark. He's going to lead us through the darkness and one day there'll be no more darkness. What a great hope that is. So Isaiah 9 says this, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And that happened in the person of Jesus Christ. And the government will be upon his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the greatness of his government and his peace, there will be no end. So what I want you to walk away with this morning is remembering that 2,000 years ago, a child was born. 2,000 years ago, God gave his son. But there's coming a day when Jesus will come back and he will set everything right. There'll be no more darkness. It will be gone forever. That day is coming. I don't know when it's coming, but we can hasten the day of the Lord's return. But I know what it means is this. A child was born, but a king is coming. And I don't know what you're going through, but a child was born, a son was given to lead you through the darkness that you are enduring right now. But hold on, hold on, hold on. Because in this life, which is a momentary and light affliction, at the end of it, when we step from the temporal into the eternal, I promise you, a king is coming. Heavenly Father, I pray right now that you would bring peace, hope, settledness, comfort to our souls. God, I don't know what anyone's going through right now. If they're dealing with darkness, if they're dealing with hurt, if they're dealing with turmoil, if they're dealing with uncertainty, if they're dealing with questions and doubts and anger and bitterness, God, if they're dealing with all the dark things that we deal with, the dark night of the soul, mourning and sorrow, God, help them to realize, first of all, Jesus came to shine light in our spiritual darkness to free us from sin and to lead us through the darkness of this world. But God, also help us to anchor our hope, to securely fasten ourselves to the hope of a life to come where we will be in unending light. There'll be no more darkness. Oh God, what a hope. What a promise. What a great gift of Christmas. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen, amen just a moment, we're going to sing another song. And if you're going through some dark times, as we sing that song, I'm going to invite you to come forward. 
You don't have to go through the darkness alone. Not only will Jesus lead you through it, but he has given you a church family. And if you would say, I'm going through some dark times, I'd like prayer. There'll be people to pray up here with you and for you. But as I said earlier, God's light doesn't just shine on us. It's meant to shine through us. And we talked about last week the fact that if he shines through us together as a corporate uh, expression of the local body of Christ, a local expression of the body of Christ, what could we do shining our lights together? In other words, I left you with this question. What could God do through us if we allowed our light to shine? And so here at Hickory Ridge, once a year, we receive a special Christmas offering on every chair when you came in. There should have been a Christmas offering envelope. So if you want to give here in person, um, you could grab that envelope, put your offering in there. Uh, and in just a moment, as we sing this song, the ushers will come by, receive the offering. You can also give online. You can give online. If you're uh, joining us online, just click the link and it'll bring you right to that. But you can give online. There's a drop-down menu that says Christmas offering. That's how I'm going to give during this next song. I'm going to give online. But here's what the Christmas offering is going to. Every year we, we select one thing for the offering. And as I shared last week, when we looked at what can we do, how can we shine our light here in Sussex County in Southern Delaware, we, we, we looked and we saw there's a practical need, affordable housing. But there's a spiritual need. People need to be discipled. They need to be mentored. They need to grow. The Bible, uh, we read a passage where it says, I pray that you would prosper in every possible way just as your soul prospers. We want to help people grow and prosper spiritually, first of all, but also relationally, emotionally, vocationally, um, in in every way, uh, financially. So we're going to start a discipleship program. If you're part of that program, it's going to make affordable housing available to you. And you walk through this program and it's probably going to be somewhere to 36 to, uh, to 48, maybe even 60 months, three to five year program. During that time, they're going to learn all kinds of things. They're going to learn how to serve, how to read the Bible, how to grow in their uh, relationship with God, how to uh, have a, a healthy marriage, how to parent. They're going to learn practical skills, how to care for a home. Uh, they're going to learn how to advance their career. Some people don't know how to do a job interview, put a, a resume together, all those kind of things. It's going to be a whole mentorship, discipleship program so that they can prosper in any way. But we want to start this year by being able to get either a piece of land or to build houses or some houses and get this program started or a combination of that. And uh, and just in the the leadership team that represents 10 families, they've committed to give over $9,000. And I'm praying that you all will get excited about this, get behind this, and we can get this started because I believe there's a great need for it not only practically, but also spiritually. So if that's something you want to give to, I'm going to invite you to give as the the offering is passed or give online. So would you stand with me? I want to pray over the Christmas offering and we're going to receive that. And, And then if you would say, I've got some darkness, some dark areas that I'm walking through in life and I'd like prayer, please come and let someone pray with you. Heavenly Father, I'm asking right now, would you move on our hearts? Would generosity flow as it always has through the people of Hickory Ridge so that we can shine our light into this world, that people would see our good works and as a result, give you glory because you and you alone deserve the glory, the honor, and the praise. God bless you. Thank you for giving this morning.